0: It's an emergency hoops podcast, and not for bad emergencies, for, for good emergencies. We're down to it, and in Penn State's second-to-last game, final regular season road game of the year, they won 68-65, overtime over Northwestern. Nate Bauer, uh, our senior basketball insider here on the Hoop Show, we just got a quick conversation about last night's game. So, Nate, uh, let's start at the beginning. Yeah, with an ugly start. Turnovers were just a surprise to me, but what 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 do you make of the beginning of the game?
1: Yeah, they were they were no good. <laughs> they, were, they were no good. Uh, Penn State just really really struggled to handle and find an answer to what Northwestern was doing defensively, which is the same blueprint and playbook that Rutgers uh, effectively. I mean, there were different methods necessarily, I, I guess, to, to achieving it, but the the point was the same, which is picking Penn State up 27, 30 feet from the basket, right? Just making everything really, really difficult uh, for Penn State to to run its action on the perimeter uh, and get open looks. And so you had a combination of, of elements where Penn State was either getting turnovers right they were just constantly turning the ball over the, the first two trips up the court were turnovers they had nine in the first half they had a wave of them i think eight of them were within the first 10 minutes of the game yeah. uh right so they're just they're constantly not getting looks they found themselves out shot right like it, it's a it's not a metric that you necessarily pay close attention to until it's way out of whack. And in this game, it was completely out of whack. Penn state wasn't even getting looks right. So they're, they're not shooting the ball uh, because of the turnovers. And then the shots that they did get weren't good. Um, And so it it just, it was a real challenge uh, for Penn state to, to get what they wanted offensively out of the the gates. And that created uh, some big problems for them to have to adjust to. It took us a while to adjust to their defense. Um nobody's really hard hedged us all season, um, since like our first second game of the year. Um and they're they're like they're good. They're aggressive, they get in passing lanes, they deny some things, you know, they rotate really well. And it took us a while to adjust to that. Um we don't normally turn the ball over. We're number one in the country in in turnovers. Um so that nine, just like us being three and 13 from three, like that's not us, right? The nine turnovers, that's not us. We finally it took us a while to get back to being ourselves. And once we were right, we didn't turn the ball over, turn the ball over four times in the second half in the overtime.
0: So once they were able to adjust um, this team, and I know that Michael Shrewsbury went on to talk about how this is a veteran team and some of the things that maybe you and I have talked about of the, the offensive fragility, Generally, they bounce back pretty well as a group of people, right?
1: Yeah, I think, I think so. And, and one of the key elements to, to that first half was the fact that Northwestern was also not really exploding, right? P- Penn State had 11 points in the first 15 minutes of the game, effectively. Yeah. Uh, and so the, Penn State was just not doing anything, but neither was Northwestern. Right? Northwestern, it was a 10 to 20 game with 542 left in the first half. And so, uh, yeah, Penn State wasn't really clicking, but neither was Northwestern. Northwestern was missing a bunch of shots. They were getting a bunch of shots, more shots than Penn State, but they weren't going in. And so when you finally get to the point where Andrew Funk got fouled on a three-pointer, um, he got fouled. Seth Lundy had a three-pointer. And so – back to back, you know, you had an 80 run for Penn State in a span of a minute and a half basically. And so mm-hmm. that a, a game that felt entirely lopsided, just completely out of uh Penn State's character was one that ended up being very close. It was a four-point game at the half and and something yeah. that that Penn State was uh was able to adjust to.
0: Not entirely the same script, but flipped from Rutgers, but somewhat, you know, they had seven points through, you know, you said that, what what was it like uh, 11 or 15 points the first 15 minutes at one point they were stuck at seven for a good five minutes and then they were able to turn it on and get it close at at halftime, which was huge. That was a huge moment in the game.
1: Yeah. And, and I wouldn't even say turning it on necessarily, but just getting out of the, the muck, right. Yeah. They just, they, they were able to, to, to find um, the adjustments that they needed to make in terms of being able to just make the plays recognize exactly what Northwestern was doing and make the right reads out of it. Um, and so you get to the second half and, and Cam Winter is a huge part of this. He made a three-pointer right out of the gates and then they took a lead, right? So Penn State had a lead within the first 2 minutes of the second half and from there it just turned into this like you have the game which is which is fine and is its own storyline and there's all these different things happening within the course of the game but there's also this broader picture of what this means for for Penn State, what the what the context is of their their season on the line and you name it. And so to to sum it up, you know, they're, they're like fighting for their lives. Every shot that Northwestern made in the second half for a, a good, I don't know, eight to ten minute stretch, Penn State was answering, right? And so you you had 15 straight buckets between these two teams. Penn State makes a shot, Northwestern makes a shot. Penn State makes a shot, Northwestern makes a shot. It goes back and forth for 15 different shots uh, until you finally get over the hump. Right, and so Penn State took uh, a a brief lead, um, you know, very very late at the end of the game with an Andrew Funk three pointer, a minute forty six to play, uh, and Northwestern ties it up, and and Funk's last look at a three, where Pickett draws in the defense, he kicks it out, Pickett t- or uh, excuse me, Funk makes the, or takes the shot, and he misses, and they go to overtime, and it's like, oh man. Uh, you know, this is going to be a, a real challenge. This is going to yeah. be a real challenge for Penn state to kind of pick itself up off the mat. But let's be honest. It's, it's something that they did through the course of the game. And it's something that they've done in games following tough losses really throughout, uh, throughout the
0: season. Yeah. They, they slayed a couple dragons in this game of on the road and, uh, also, not a great offensive performance on the night from everybody. Uh, and especially yeah, until the, some until the second players. half, until yeah. the second
1: half where they, but, but where they, they were in a shooting slump up. and
0: they got out of it. Right. For sure.
1: For sure. Which is, which has not always been the case this year uh, and something that they really, really needed to, um, you know, to break, right. To, to be able to win this game, they were going to need to make some shots, which they weren't doing in the first half. They played good enough defense in the first half. I, I thought that the defense have a defensive, effort i'm not gonna say that the effort lagged but it was northwestern made a bunch of shots right? <laughs> like they, yeah. northwestern uh had an easier time the game opened up right but overall cam Winter goes 9 of 15 andrew funk goes 5 of 10 seth lundy after that really tough game on sunday goes 5 of 12 for the floor yep. you just you had uh uh Your your players that you've counted on through most of the season to do these things coming through and and doing the things that they needed to do to uh, to get the win. And
0: and Cam Winter, Uh, I know that, you know, this game, he obviously gets the praise for his performance throughout, but also the game winning bucket. But he's been more consistent here in the last two weeks or so. How important is he and that evolution to this team at this critical point? It's huge. It's huge. And and let's be honest, it, it was a
1: major letdown to what Penn State wanted to achieve earlier in the season. He was a guy who Penn State, it it was just crucial for Penn State to have his scoring contributions to be able to get where they wanted to go. And it was so inconsistent for him and so tough, I think, adjusting to the Big Ten. He just wasn't the player that he wanted to be. He wasn't the player that Penn State thought he could be or that he showed he could be at different times during the non-conference portion of the schedule, but they needed him now. Right? Like, they need him if Penn State is going to get where they want to go in the postseason. Cam Winter has to be a part of that. And yes, he had 24 points on Wednesday night, but it's it's all of it. It's all yeah. of it. He just he has to be there. He has to be able to uh, to make plays to penetrate. That's been a huge part of this. Given the pressure that they're facing on the perimeter, is is him being able to get into the lane. And so he he did both of that. He scored in both areas of the court last night. And obviously to to Evan Mahafee deserves a huge bout of praise for his offensive rebound in overtime. He made a couple of key plays. He had he you know he goes one of two from the free throw line, but that set up the game to be tied in that point in the first place, right? So where Penn State's not losing the game with a miss, but uh just has an opportunity to send it to a second overtime or mm-hmm. win. You know, I mean, it just a, a lot of players not named Jalen Pickett, yeah, did the things that they needed to do. Uh, but I do think it's worth discussing. I wanted to make sure that we included it here, whether it was Shrewsbury or Pickett, or excuse me, uh, Cam Winter. After the game, they had so much praise to give to Jalen Pickett because here's a guy who is all world, all American, all Big Ten, who is yes, he took the last shot. Uh, and had a decent look at it and missed, but also didn't take the last shot for the the regulation. Right? He, yeah. He's a guy who who backed down and drew in the defense. That was constantly what he was doing. All these defenses now are so focused on Jalen Pickett, and it it's creating opportunities for other players. And he is selfless enough to make sure that he distributes the ball.
0: Yeah, and importantly, they hit those shots. Totally. It's been who he's been for a lot of this season. The two back-to-back games of exploding for points it kind of changed the narrative a little bit on Jalen Pickett. Not that he wasn't getting buckets before, but yeah, you don't stumble into eight or nine assists a game like he has yep. been that guy. But these these guys around him, Winter and Lundy and Funk and you know, have hit shots in this game. Yep. So that M. that definitely was a huge part of it
1: as a result breaks the Penn state single season record for most assists in a season and had 11
0: uh, on Wednesday night. So you had a cool um, thing on the board. And I think this was something that uh, Michael Shrewsbury talked about after the game, uh, how they overcame that Rutgers.
1: Yeah. So, so, so he was on the, the post game radio show with uh, Steve Jones and Dick Girardi and talked like it hurt (laughs) hurt, you know this is is no surprise to anybody but talked about how tough it was not necessarily to pick themselves back up I do think that they've been doing that this season but just an acknowledgement of man they really wanted that game that was really something that um you know they were poised to do had a 19 point lead and lost it and kind of cool right uh Ed DeCellis called, right? Uh, yeah. Joe Crispin called. James Franklin called. Uh, you know, Keegs called. Like, you name it, th- these different coaches and personalities, people within the Penn State community, and specifically the basketball community that reached out and, and you know, made sure that they, uh, they got the support that they needed in that time.
0: Yeah, and the team, too, from their internal perspective, put it behind them according to winter after the game, get back in
1: the gym and keep working. Um, it's what we've done all year. Uh, I mean, no matter how the game goes, uh, everyone just kind of uh, flips a page and, and just keeps working, gets back in the gym, puts that extra time in. And uh, I think today it kind of just showed off um, that we didn't dwell too much on, on obviously blowing a big lead. And uh, we came here and handled business.
0: Great game. Great outcome for Penn state. Doesn't matter if they don't win the next one. So the next one. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I, I can't know. keep up with any of this, Nate.
1: It's so it's it, but this is the whole point, is it's all on a evolving and constantly shifting landscape because yes, it's what Penn State does, but it's also what the others around them do, right? Michigan and Purdue um have important right? Like all of these different teams have important games in the big 10 bubble teams are still playing, not only in the big 10, but nationally that will all impact what Penn state can get away with versus like just doing it for themselves. I guess that's kind of the, the end result is if Penn state takes care of its business, okay, wins on Sunday against Maryland, a Maryland team that has struggled mightily on the road this season they will be in very, very solid position to take it out of what if territory, right. Right. So where you don't need an extended run, if they go 10 and 10 in the big 10 and do what they need to do in terms of quad one wins, like that's the other thing. There are games that could change from quad one to quad two based on other outcomes that are happening from, from previously played games on their schedule. So it's just it's just a lot to keep track of but I don't think that that's in Penn State's mind the point right now the point yeah. right now is win the last game <laughs> win the last game if you can beat Maryland at the Boris Jones Center on on uh, on Sunday afternoon they're going to be in pretty good shape
0: and we will have something to say about that next week on the hoop show uh who knows maybe we'll have an emergency live show after the game or whatever who who knows stay tuned to blue white illustrated both blue white illustrated.com and wherever you get your podcasts youtube where we put all this stuff out this is an audio exclusive if you haven't noticed so make sure you subscribe here on our podcast channel so you don't miss anything from blue white illustrated